0: You're listening to the Tool Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockolds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 36 of the Toolstation Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockolds, and um, I'm delighted to be joined in the heart of Bath at the Ram by um, Tom Hiscott, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Hello Tom, how are you?
1: Yeah, doing well. Um, yeah, it's nearly the end of the season, so a lot's going on. So yeah, it's good to, good to meet up face-to-face.
0: It is very good. It's always good to um, to meet up in person. We've got plenty of football to talk about and indeed plenty of football to preview, haven't we? This is, I mean, it, it's a bit of an obvious thing to say in a way, isn't it? But it is the most exciting time of the season because everything seems to be sort of coming together.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of things decided on on Saturday, but yeah, there's plenty, as you say, plenty going on and couple of sets of fixtures over the weekend obviously with it, with easter coming up so yeah plenty to plenty to look forward to and plenty to preview
0: but we kick off by having a look at the fixtures on wednesday the 10th of april and we had two les phillips cup semi-finals
1: we did and uh, yeah now obviously we know our know our finalists um two devon sides it is. Uh, so uh, the first side uh, through a plymouth parkway uh, a four one win away at Cabraheve pretty pretty easy win for them uh, three goals in the space of twelve first half minutes. Uh, propelling them to victory, uh, Adam Carter opened the scoring uh, in the twenty-ninth minute, um, and uh, he then doubled his tally and, and indeed his sides. And then it was Ryan Lane who made it 3 0 just for, for half time. Uh, ben Allen did pull a goal back for Heath to, you know, get them back into the game. Uh, but Parkway pushed on, and it was you uh, know the fifth goal of the game for them. And uh, Mike Smith was the was the scorer of that one. So they're actually yeah keeping their treble hopes alive because I think they're still in a, a local cup competition as well. So. Uh, yeah, partway stood on for the treble, and in the uh, leeds Phillips Cup final, they will take on Willand, who uh, came from behind uh, to to grab a one-all draw with Bridgewater before before winning on penalties. So Jack Taylor, obviously scorer of plenty of goals for, for Bridgewater this season, he put them ahead uh, in the 22nd minute. Uh, Willand were will then actually reduced to 10 men. Uh, Josh Searle uh, shown two yellow cards, uh, but they managed to to fight back with 10 men. Uh, ben Bickle uh, leveling the scores. And then, yeah, as, as, as it has been the case this season, 90 minutes, end of 90 minutes, go straight to penalties. And it was Mike Searle who was the, was the hero for, for Willand, uh, saving a couple of spot kicks. And, uh, yes, and uh, they prevailed 3-2 on penalties. So it's uh, Willand versus Plymouth Parkway in the Lad Phillips Cup final in a couple of weeks' time.
0: Yeah, of course, that Cup final taking place on um, May the 6th uh, at Sherbourne. And I did notice that the, um, uh, the announcement on social media of um, Sherbourne hosting the final of course in fairness Sherbourne themselves had announced it some time ago in fact um, we talked to their chairman John Bowers about it on this very podcast um, but um, yes it did it did um, raise a few questions I think it would be fair to say from some Western League watchers who wondered um, why they were going to Sherbourne when perhaps other venues might have been more appropriate for a final between Plymouth Parkway and Rove as well the fact that we were able to talk to John about it so long ago would suggest that uh, that actually um, the host of the Les Phillips final um, is contacted some time before the semi-finalists, so that, that won't particularly appease fans, in fairness, if, particularly if you've got a long journey to make on May the 6th. But um, we have to spare a thought for our club volunteers. Every club's got them. Adding another fixture to the fixture list, even one as illustrious as the Les Phillips Cup final. It does take some organisation. There's an awful lot of league dignitaries um, to, um, um, to accommodate. It's a, it's a real showpiece occasion for the Western League, and the Western League like to make the most of it. And um, it's something that, of course, John was very keen to talk about on the podcast because he considers it to be a great honour. Um, for Sherbourne and I know he's hoping that um, they'll get a big crowd and be able to make a few quid over the bar and all the rest of it but matches like that don't put themselves on they do take um, some organisation and of course when you're dealing with volunteers not paid staff it does pay to give them as much time and notice as possible so um, I hope that's a brief insight into the uh, into the inner machinations of the Western League but um, a point that I thought needed to be made because I know it's not great for fans particularly on a bank holiday weekend to have to Make a, a long trip, but um, some thought had been given. I can assure you to where that um, to where a, to where the final could be played, and at that time potentially involving both Cadbury Heath and, of course, Bridgewater Town as well. Although, as it subsequently works out, um, we will be featuring a final between Will and Rovers and Plymouth Parkway. Anyway, um, moving on to Saturday the thirteenth of April, and uh, we kick off our Premier Division coverage with um, Buckland Athletic, and they were at home to Clevedon Town.
1: Yeah, indeed and it was a, an away win uh, in front of uh, 75 fans down there at Homer's Heath. Uh, Clevedon uh, running out 2-1 victors. Yeah, George King opening the scoring for the away team uh, before Buckland uh, leveled things uh, 2 minutes before half time from the spot uh, thanks to Ryan Bush. He's uh, yeah, very much informed to end the season. He's having a a great great couple of great couple of weeks. It was Clevedon who, uh, who ran out victors in the end uh, four minutes into the second half and it was uh, King again uh, and from reports it was an absolute stonking go. I think both, both uh, social media um, co- uh, accounts following the game said this was a yeah, pretty unstoppable uh, effort uh, from King and uh, yeah, that's how it stayed, so a 2-1 win for Clevedon.
0: Now moving on, Chipping, Sudbury Town, they were at home to Shepton Mallet.
1: And it was two late goals uh, for the home team helping them uh, prevail in this one. Uh, so, Shep de Mallet uh, going ahead, uh, deflected free kick from Tyson Pollard in the first half, uh, putting them ahead. Uh, but then, yeah, Sods, uh, they, they fought back. And two goals in the final 10 minutes uh, helping them to, to victory Josh Cann and Dan Dempsey. So, uh, yeah,
0: well done to, to Chipping Zobory. Our next game is Hallen. They were taking on Bradford Town.
1: Yeah, a lot of close games on saturday this is the third 2-1 we've mentioned here and it was uh, another away victory so it's bradford uh, eventually uh, claiming a 2-1 win at hallen uh, will halston had uh, put the put the visitors ahead uh, but then Kaelin simpson managed to to level the scores midway through the second half uh, and it looked like that was probably going to be how it stayed one uh, all uh, going into into injury time. Uh, but then Bradford managed to, to claim a winner. It was Leon Greenland, uh, yeah, followed by an excellent celebration from, from all accounts. So, uh, yeah, and uh, Bradford running out 2-1 winners. So that's their 15th league win in
0: the campaign. So uh, well done to them. Now our next Premier Division game uh, involves Wellington. They were at home to Bridport. Yeah, and it was their final home game
1: of the, the league season. So uh, a, a good way to finish for them. It, it ended uh, 4-2. Uh, in Wellington's favour, having to come from behind in this one, uh, an own goal from Tim Leg uh, saw Bridport lead at the, lead at the break. But uh, yeah, Wellington uh, were, were completely on it in the second half. Uh, Jack Bryant and Joe Chamberlain each scoring within six minutes of the restart. Uh, to turn the game on on its head. Chris McGrath uh, was then dismissed for the for the visitors and yeah Wellington uh, pushed on and taken full advantage Chamberlain scoring a second uh, and then a, a goal from substitute Lewis Pocock for the for the second Saturday running and uh, yeah brilliant second half performance from Wellington and a, a great end to their uh, yeah games at home this season It was a 4-2 whenever over Bridport.
0: And finally in the premier division uh, Westbury United they were at home to Cribs yeah, and the points were uh,
1: shared in this one. Uh, Cribs uh, probably looked, thought they'd done enough. Uh, they did fall behind really early on. Uh, Dan Kovacs putting Westbury ahead. Uh, but then a pair of uh, pair of headers uh, either side of the break from Jason Vincent. Obviously, we've mentioned him quite a bit recently. He's uh, fantastic another just like Bush for uh, for Buckland he's having a fantastic end to the season and it looked like they were going to get a fourth straight win away from home uh, but Westbury managed to push on late on and uh, it was Steve Holbert heading home uh, in injury time to, to grab a share of the points so it was uh, finished Westbury 2 Crips 2.
0: Well I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Western League podcast at one half of the Westbury management team it's Neil Kirkpatrick Neil thank you very much for taking the time um, to speak to us. Uh, A 2-all draw against Cribs at the weekend. Did you think that was a fair result?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think we started well, they had a good spell, and we finished well. We didn't do enough to win the game. Um, But, you know, we we equalised very late on as well, so...
0: Um, It's been a season of two halves for you, isn't it? You were flying before Christmas, but would you say that your form since then is probably what more you'd expect from your first um, season up in the up in the premier division
2: possibly for the start of the season but obviously as we had you know a good start we we're obviously all disappointed with the form of the late um, and I think mainly it's down been down to availability of play um, you know we've had real issues in the certainly through March March was a, a complete nightmare you know with stag weekends weddings and I know every managers at this, so I won't go on about it. Yeah, that's really what's I think what's cost us. Really, um, you know, we work on a on a relatively thin squad, um, and we can't we can't go out. And I think I've said before, we can't go out and um, just wave a chequebook at players and um, you know bring in top quality players. You know, that's not what we're about. We're a close knit group. And so yeah, it's been difficult. As I say, March was particularly challenging, and, and we had some big games in March as well. You know, part a bit. Willard, no not will Part way in Bitten particularly it's, it's hard going into those games missing players but um, but that's how it is um, I can't complain we've had a fantastic season um, to finish fifth or fourth because we're still challenging for fourth and there's still that to play for um, and again if you'd said to us at the start of the season you'll finish fourth I'd have probably laughed you out of town <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, looking on the positive side, because there's plenty of positives to take from your season, you've had wins yeah. against all the top three teams in the league. I yeah. mean, that must give you a lot of satisfaction.
2: Definitely, and you know, I think we, we sort of uh, set ourselves about, really, trying to establish ourselves in the division um, and upsetting a few of the big boys. The Cup run, which, you know, we've done all that. We've got the semi-finals of the Senior Cup, the uh, County Cup, Um, Where we took Supermarine literally all the way, you know, um, they equalised last minute of normal time. So, you know, we haven't won anything, but we've 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 had a right rollercoaster ride. And you know, I think our job as the management team with Joe and Luke and Barry is, you know, to identify how we can then improve on that for next season. And I think, you know, I've got an idea of what we're missing. uh, and we've shown, you know, we have shown we can compete with anybody, so it's, it's then getting that consistency which we had in the first half of the season but not in the second half. If
0: if we look at your matches against Parkway, Bitten and um Will and Rovers, I mean, did have those games given you an insight into, into who you think will come out top in uh, in this season's contest?
2: I'm not. I'm still not hundred percent sure. I mean my gut feeling says Parkway have got the um what's the word, the momentum at the minute. Um, but they're all three good sides you know they're all yeah, ambitious um, they've all got their strengths and attributes um, but I, I, yeah I, I just feel Parkway seem to have real momentum at the minute um, but it wouldn't surprise me you know I, I'm not sure who plays here I know Willand have got to play a bit in the last game I'm not sure what Parkway's running is like to be fair but um, it's a shame only one team go up really I've always felt that there should be two clubs promoted and um, <laughs> Some good clubs not going to get promoted this year.
0: On last week's podcast, we spoke to Clive Jones, the manager of Wellington. and right. um, He described, he described uh, Westbury as, as what he felt was the, the best pound-for-pound team in the league when you take into account the resources that you've got. Now, I mean, have you, particularly in the first half of the season, obviously when you were pulling up trees, did, did you find that, um, um, that your sort of exploits were being... Um, um, recognised by the by the teams you were coming up bearing in mind um, of course you only gained promotion from the first division last season
2: definitely and um, you know I've had a chat with quite a lot of the managers over the season you don't always get to strict to some of them afterwards and you know sometimes it, you can have heated disagreements during the course of games um, you know I don't think a lot of people would believe you know what our budget is and how well we've done on that budget and um, you know it just shows You know, money isn't everything, and I've always believed that. We had that at Larkhall when we when we won the league. You know, yeah, I think we've we've done fantastically well, and as I say, it's it's about getting a group of lads out on the pitch that are going to do the jobs. And um, yeah, it's difficult because sometimes you know you are up against some players that could quite comfortably play at you know a lot higher level, and if we have two or three injuries, we. We can't bring in the level of play you know. You look at Partway; I mean, they they had a game the other night, and I see, you know, Stuart Ettem came back from Tiverton and played for him. <laughs> so, you know, which is great, and it's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you know, we can't do that sort of thing. We'll have a sit down with all the lads at the end of the season and probably go through expectations and what we want to do and what our hopes and aspirations are for next year.
0: Um, Well before we get to next year we have to talk about the Easter Bank holiday weekend and um, on Good Friday you've got a game against Bradford Town now that is a huge derby for the supporters and you owe Bradford one don't you?
2: Yeah we do you know they were the first team to beat us uh, on Boxing Day uh, which was pretty galling for us Um, and really disappointing because it's probably one of the few if not the only game where we hadn't turned up at all we didn't but I don't think we put in any type of, you know anything like we're capable of for the whole ninety minutes. Hopefully, we can put that right. But you know, they're a strong side. They, they you, know, you know you talk sides with big budgets certainly are one, and they've got aspirations. And you know, as a club, they want to progress and go up the leagues. I know. So, and you know, I know you know Wayne Thorn will have them. Um, you know, well drilled, well organised, and a very difficult side to beat. So, yeah, we've got nothing, nothing whatsoever to lose. We'll go there and have a go. And as I say, our main focus really is, is trying to pick up enough points to try and overtake Bridgewater, who we've got on Monday. So we'll know a lot more by next Monday.
0: That's your last home game of the season as well, isn't it? And yeah, I, and I, it is. I suppose it will be, you, you will, you'll really be looking for a big crowd for that one. I know you've been well supported this season, but, you know, there's a lot for the fans to celebrate. And, of course, Bridgewater, they will bring a fair for you, I'm sure, yeah, as well. So, I mean, definitely. it's a really good reason to, to get along and, um, and and watch a game on um, on uh, Bank Holiday Monday. Yeah, and it will be, I
2: mean, there was cracking game down at their place. So they, it was controversial goal, um, but. You know, it was a cracking game down there, and I know Carl and Dave well, and, you know, they they played the right way as well. So, no, really looking forward to catching up with them. And, as I say, you know, they've got tough. They've got, obviously, Cribs tonight. They've got ourselves. They've got Williams. So, you know, we're hoping that, obviously, they do slip up. But they, they have been, you know, really consistent all season. So, you know, you've got to take your hat off to them.
0: Now, one final question for you. We we um, we've been featuring a fair bit of footballing politics on the podcast in recent weeks. And I think we've we've done a lot of talking about sin bins, and, and I mean you may you may have some thoughts on those. But um, more recently, there's been some information released about the restructuring that the Football Association are doing across um, the you know across non-league football, and obviously we're really interested in steps five and six. But one of the interesting um, announcements in in literally in the last few days has been that. Um, um, playoffs will be introduced at step at step six in the 2021 season. Now, obviously, you're hoping that, that Westbury won't be at that, um, uh, won't be involved in, in those. But of course, in quite recent history, you were in the first division. You were battling it out in a um, in a in a promotion race, which of course you were ultimately successful in. But you may have lost out. So, I mean, if you look back on your time in the first division, do you think do you think playoffs would have been a positive um, um, development?
2: I think, yeah, it gives you a, a, you know, it just probably eases the pressure a little bit in the fact that, it, you know, it's a long, hard season and I think a good thing to have, well, you know, there is that if we don't do it, so you've got to make sure that you, you come through that, but then that's never easy because, you know, it's like, like we've all seen in the Football League, there's always a team that comes up with a bit of momentum and, you know, tends to, to win the playoff games. So I think, you know, it's a good thing
0: um, Neil, thank you very much um, for your time on the podcast this week and also thank you very much for the um, support you've, you've given us over the course of the season. It's been great having you on and it's also been a great pleasure visiting your, your ground on a number of occasions as I've done this season, enjoyed your hospitality, it's a great setup, up and um, certainly your, you and your club and the volunteers that make it what it is are a great addition to the Western League. So hopefully supporters who haven't been to Westbury this season will get the chance to see your, your team and your, and your, your club um, next Next,
2: next term. Yeah, no, that's great. Now we appreciate any nice feedback like that. And personally, from me, I just like to thank obviously Joe Luke Barry and obviously Greg, the chairman, who's um, quite you know quite high profile on Twitter, and Lewis, who looks after our Twitter account, which you know we feel is a is done in great humour. And you know, I think a lot of people have liked that this season. Um, you know, fair but funny where he can be, and um, you know, there's some good people at the club who. Um, you know, we're doing our best to give them some success. So,
3: yeah, we appreciate that. Another job, another saving. Brought to you by Toolstation. Is this all the receipts? Yes, boss. For everything we got from Toolstation. Yeah, why? I just thought we'd spend a lot more than this. Oh no, we got all the best brands too. Makita, Santex, Karcher, Nest. Top job, top saving. With over 15,000 trade quality products at prices that are hard to beat, we're here to save you on every job.
0: And all 340 branches. Now moving on to the 1st Division we start our round up in the 1st Division with Cheddar now they really needed a result against Odell and Abertonians, Tom, did they get it?
1: Fortunately for, for Cheddar uh, they were forced to make do of a point and they actually oh. were, well, pretty fortunate to get it in fact um, yep Huff and Puff but couldn't uh, couldn't break down Oldland for for much of the game and then the the visitors took a, a, a surprise well a stunning uh, one goal lead uh, 20 minutes from time Josh Williams putting them ahead and Shedder looking like they were facing facing defeat and probably the end of their their title hopes they did manage to to grab a last gasp equalizer Craig Morford popping up at the back post uh, but they were, yeah, unable to, to grab another and uh, were forced to to, to draw with uh, Oldland, a one-all, one-all hit finish there.
0: Now, um, next up is the game that I was at, Devise's Town against Portis Head Town. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and uh, not, not a great afternoon for the home
1: fans, this one. Uh, a three-nil win for Portershead at uh, Nursedie no Road. Uh, Alex Harlington uh, scoring twice. Other uh, side of a goal from Robbie Cox uh, to give Portershead a pretty comfortable victory. And from what you've uh, yeah, what you've mentioned to me, it sounded like they could have could have won by more.
0: Yeah, it, it was um, it was a it was a long afternoon in the uh, Wiltshire sunshine for Devizes Town. I was um trying to blow off the old um, commentary cobwebs um by um by getting the old microphone out again and uh, just running uh running for a bit of commentary action for that, just getting in getting prepared for the Les Phillips Cup final. And um yeah, I was rather hoping for um for, for, for a little bit more from Devizes, it would be fair to say. Port in fairness, who, you know, mathematically I know were sort of in a position where they needed the points to make sure of their um, first division survival, well, I mean, they looked like a they looked like a really good side. They played really well, and um, you know, were arguably perhaps unlucky not to have scored more. They certainly looked like they were good for it. Um, some really good performances um, from Portishead. We've spoken to their manager um, earlier a couple of times actually on the podcast, and I know that one of the one of the big problems that he's had has been availability, player availability. And uh, I'm assuming that he had a slightly stronger side out against Devizes, certainly than the last time the two played, because the last time the two played at Portishead, Devizes won 5-0. Um, but uh, that wasn't, sadly for Devices that wasn't the case um, on the weekend. Um, my commentary is um, up on the internet, if um, if anybody wants to suffer it. Um, uh, you can find it if you follow well, if you follow me, or if you follow Devizes Town. That's probably the, the more sensible way of, of going about looking for it. Um, what would probably make it slightly more interesting, if it, it were not so much for the Devizes fans, you probably heard enough of me for one season but Portishead Head fans might be interested the other group of fans might be particularly interested in it are Melksham Town fans um, because my summariser um, was um, former Melksham manager Kieran Baggs ably assisted I have to say by Mark Cooper Who's had a, a very good career in the game, not just um, um, with, um, with Melksham, but of course with Weymouth and with Froome as well. So um, um, I had a thoroughly, that, that made for a thoroughly entertaining way of spending an afternoon, even if the, the two of them wondered what on earth they were doing, yeah. giving up their time. Anyway, moving swiftly on, um, we will talk about um, Canesham Town. They were at home to Bristol Telephones. Yeah, and obviously we've uh, mentioned uh, Cheddar dropping points. Uh,
1: Canesham, uh, no no such problems for them. Uh, once they'd once they broken the deadlock, so a uh, goalless first half. So I'm sure there was um, yeah some nervous, nervous uh, souls around at, uh, at Kencham. Uh, but yeah, Craig Wilson firing them ahead early in the second half, and from there uh, it was yeah it was pretty much all one-way traffic. Um, floodgates completely open. Tom Knighton, uh, then captain Harley Parnell, uh, Mitchell Parnell, and then late on Jordan Anstey adding adding another uh, to their tally. So yeah a 5-0 win for Kane obviously helping their goal difference if it does come down to that at the end of the season and uh, yeah romping to a a, a pretty easy victory in the end
0: uh, over Bristol Telephones Yes a comprehensive victory indeed Um, Tom um, 5-0 and of course that put them four points clear of Cheddar at the top of the first division table so I started my conversation with John Allen by asking him well life couldn't get much better than this could it?
3: Yeah, it was, a, it was another good win for us. Um, we're obviously pulled away a little bit with you know, four points now, but our feet are on the ground. You know, you know what this league's like, everyone's talking about it. It's talked about it all season. You know, we've got three games now and it's in our hands and we have to make sure we get the job done now.
0: Yeah, well, you're right to say that the job isn't done, but Easter Bank holiday will be a really significant period for you, won't it? Because if you beat Oldland and you beat Ashton and Backwell, then you will be champions.
3: Yeah, mathematically so. Um, we're not really concentrating on a backward game. It's all about Oldland now on, on Friday. Um, and as we have all season, we just literally, as a cliche, but we have literally taken a game at a time. We don't really talk about the end. We don't really talk about winning it. We just talk about winning the next game. So we're well, all aware now, obviously, we're at a stage of the season where you have to be aware of you know what the permutations are and what we can do. Uh, but we're very concentrated on Oldland, who obviously had a, a fantastic performance down at Cheddar on the weekend. So we know we're in for a really tough game.
0: We have to give credit where it's due. Cheddar have pushed you really hard this season. How big a result for, for you was it, um, that 2 0 win at their place? Well, in the,
2: well, no, at the end of the
3: season, really, I think. Yeah. It's, um, obviously, it was billed as a, a title decider. That's a view I didn't take at the time. I thought with you know, 15 points to play for after that game, there was still a lot of work to do. Obviously, it was a big game. Uh, fantastic support down there. It was nearly just under 300 people there, and it, made it had a bit of a cup final feel to it an edgy game to start as you can imagine and yeah we came through we came through it was a, it was a really good performance from us you know two top teams in the league going head to head uh, and it showed in the game really it was a really good game of football I think everyone enjoyed it it was there and obviously we came out the victors and, and have moved on
0: Now in a way that result wouldn't have mattered if you hadn't followed it up with a win um, and it would be fair to say that Canton they pushed you pretty close didn't they?
2: Yeah um, in
3: the build up to the cheddar game I felt with the actual the size of the game against Cheddar our, our lads were going to really perform there you know real good feeling for that uh, and, and in the back of my mind it was followed by Wincanton away which is always notoriously a really hard game my mind was very much thought, was thinking about Wincanton and it proved to be on the night it had the feel of it after the Lord Mayor's show a little bit it's, it's dangerous after that kind of high of Cheddar to get yourself up again uh, for Wincanton and on the night in all fairness to Wincanton they probably they didn't deserve to lose the game that's for sure um we didn't perform as well as we have done. I think it was a below below par performance from the lads, but what we did show was that grit, determination, and sheer will not to be beaten. And you know, when you're going for a title, we show all the all the attributes of of what would be champions to to win it in the last couple of minutes of a game.
0: Those of us who sort of watch Western League football regularly, particularly in the first division, will notice the similarities with this season with with previous seasons, and that is that both yourselves and Cheddar, um, you know, are fighting it out yet again. At the, uh, at, the, at the top of the table. On, on this occasion, it looks like the two of you... Well, the two of you mathematically will um, be, be one and two in whatever order that does turn out to be. Um, and traditionally, that's, of course, been enough to guarantee promotion. But, but that's, not, um, that's not necessarily the case this season, is it?
2: No. Um,
3: I think, you know, we kind of knew somewhat about it at the start of the season. A little bit of communication came through that, that you know, this season is going to be slightly different and obviously that's frustrating in itself because as long as I've ever known Western League football the top two have gone up and in some cases three and obviously we had our experiences of last season where we came so close so to go into this season knowing that you know if you win it guarantees it, and even runners up won't was obviously you know it was quite an appeal to swallow for, for the team that does come second so yeah it, it's been frustrating you know it's a bit of a bugbear in mind I, I think the transparency from the FA down to, to all the clubs whether you're in a relegation battle not knowing your fate or a promotion battle not knowing your fate it's been poor um I know the Western League uh, don't really have too much say in what's going on at the FA level, um, but the transparency has been really poor. And I think uh, at the start of the season, I think all clubs should know where they stand and what they've got to do. At the minute, we understand that if you finish top, in the top nine nationally as a best points per game runner-up, um, you're going to get promoted. But still, that's still kind of not 100% sure, because as you know, and, and as a lot of people know, we been following this guy on Twitter, a guy called Peter Miller, who's done this fantastic Constant updated spreadsheet of what's going on nationally. but That should be done by the FA for me, not by you know some some guy, you know, who's just took it upon himself to to, to do it. So yeah, poor. Um, I think you're, you're potentially robbing a day, uh, so the day of celebration for a team finishing runners up, not quite knowing their fate. And I think you know clubs are run by volunteers. That's all we're striving to do. You know, I think it's just robbing robbing a team of that of that day of celebration. And nothing worse. You finish runner up, but you don't quite know your fate. And that's kind of it feels like you know
0: a bit of a, a damp end into the season, really. Now, in the past, um, the idea of playoffs have been discussed um, in the Western League in the first division, um, and of course, in in the last couple of seasons, um, Keynesham may have benefited from from that. Obviously, as you've just mentioned, you were very close to getting automatic promotion last season. G- given how this season's Panned out. Do you still think that um, playoffs are a fair way to decide that second promotion place?
3: They're changing things. It seems like every season that you know something else is being changed at our level. Um, I know the Southern League. I think do playoffs, and obviously they're filtering that down into the Western League now. I think it's a good idea because I think it keeps a lot of team seasons alive. Uh, you know, us in Cheddar this year, we've kind of broke away, and I will take this opportunity. to I think that both of us deserve to go up as well. You know, we're both. The best teams in the league, you know, the points will tell the league don't lie, we broke away from everyone else. Um, But what it will do in the future, we'll keep, you know, those teams in that top six. And below that, their seasons will be alive. So I suppose from a a spectacle, it will make things more exciting in the the last two or three months of the season.
0: In these last couple of questions, John, we've been talking about um, the restructuring... And I suppose we, well, we've been talking about football politics, haven't we, really? It's, it's, it's how yeah. the game is managed off the pitch and you're really only bothered about how it's managed on the pitch. But um, one thing I can tell you is that in, a, in an FA restructuring document that I have seen and the process of restructuring steps five and six is now um, it, it, there's a three year project in the season 2021. The 15 Step Six leagues will promote two clubs, one automatically, and one will be via playoffs. So playoffs are coming to the first division. I guess, I guess your job as manager of Canesham, particularly this season and, and looking ahead, is to make sure that actually that's not something that's particularly relevant to you and your side. Yeah,
3: um, you know, we're looking to try and get into the league above. Um, so yeah, we don't want to really be in that in that position, and hopefully we won't be. So, but again, as I said, I go back to it. I think. You know, they're changing football all the time. You know, and I, and I think it will keep a lot of
0: teams' seasons alive. Um, so I, I can see it as a positive, and hopefully, hopefully it works out that way. And my thanks to John for his time. Now then, moving on to Welton Rovers. The visitors were charred in a five-goal thriller. It looked like a brilliant game. Uh,
1: charred eventually uh, claiming a 3-2 win. Nathan Warren putting them ahead uh, after just three minutes. Uh, before Aaron Cockrell scored a, a pretty unfortunate own goal, uh, so giving Chard a, a two-goal lead. Uh, Welton then got back into the game. Uh, Aaron Sevier, he's having a, a pretty good season. He managed to to half the deficit, all still in the first half, so plenty going on uh, at West Clues. Uh, but then Warren uh, scoring his second of the game, uh, restoring Chard's two-goal lead on the half hour. So, uh, yeah, uh, a pretty frantic start to this one, four goals inside uh, half an hour. Uh, Chard leading 3-1, uh, but it was Welton who managed to, to get get back back into the game once more, cut the deficit. Sevier uh, scoring again, 20 minutes from time, uh, but yeah, it was too, too little too late for them. And uh, yeah, it was child managed to hang on to, to claim the 3-2 win.
0: Well, our final game in the first division, um, Radstock Town, the Miners, they travelled to Wincanton Town and it was definitely the away side that were at the races at the weekend. Yeah, uh, a third win on the
1: bounce at just the exact time they needed. Obviously, down in the... Uh, yeah, the, well, the, the, the lower reaches of the division, and they've uh, managed to move up to 16th uh, thanks to a 3 2 win away at Wincanton. Um, one goal lead at the break uh, for Wincanton, it was uh, Toby Cole, so Radstock have to come from behind in this one. Uh, but it was a brace from Sam Gregory, uh, and then also a goal from Jack Biddescombe, Uh turning the game uh, in their favour, moving them three-one up. Uh, Dan Wise did uh, get one back for for Wincanton, set up a, a tense finish. Uh, but the Miners managed to hang on, and as I say, a third third consecutive win. So uh,
0: doing real good things down there at the moment. Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much indeed. Now we take our customary glance at the fixtures coming up, and we've got a bit of a we've got a bit of a bonanza. Um, coming up because of course we've got the Easter bank holiday weekend which means that not only do we get Western League football on Friday we get it on Monday as well so bank holiday Friday, good Friday Friday the 19th um, Tom, what game has caught your eye in the Premier Division?
1: Chosen one of the top three, obviously that's where uh, the pressure games are uh, now that the, uh, the uh, relegation has been has been decided so we've got Willand, uh, they've got a one o'clock kick off, they're away from home against Bridport Report uh, a couple of couple of losses uh, recently, but two big home wins uh, also in the uh not too long ago so uh, and obviously hosting Willands uh, they'll be up for, for causing a, a few problems for their their visitors and I think they could p- potentially do that so yeah that's, uh, that's the game I've got my eye on uh, and as I say good Friday
0: Well if, if Buckland in, in, had been in slightly better form over the last few weeks I would have said their trip to Plymouth Parkway could have been absolutely crucial in the old um, title mix-up but um, I'm sure that as a local derby um, that that will still be a very keenly contested affair. The game that I've gone for, unsurprisingly, as a, as a Wiltshire man, is uh, Bradford Town against Westbury United. Um, both of these sides doing well, of course, towards the top of the division, um, but very much local bragging rights uh, uh, up for grabs here, and I'm pretty sure that I'm right in saying that Bradford were the first side to beat Westbury this season um, in the corresponding fixture in, an, in the Boxing Day um, um, Roundup. So, um, Westbury really um, need to be going to Bradford and uh, and reclaiming those breaking rights. But I've got a feeling that they're going to find it very difficult anyway. That would be my that would be my Premier Division pick. And what, what catches your eye in the first division? We've got Oldland against Cambridge. Obviously, Oldland have just caused um, Cheddar well
1: a lot of problems, gaining a gaining a point away from home, uh, and they're obviously in in need of points uh, in their fight against survival. So. Hosting Caensham, obviously, pressure's on both. But um, Oldland at the bottom, equally in need of points as Keynesham are. So that's it's going to be a lot on the line there. And that's a three o'clock kickoff. Um, so they will actually potentially know the the Cheddar result before that game starts. So uh, whether that that pays on the uh, players' minds, we'll, we'll, we'll never know. But um, yeah, Oldland not the uh, not the not the walkover. Maybe many expect.
0: And um, I've gone for the Coalfield Classico, unsurprisingly. Tom's made a noise there. Um, It is my favourite, you're absolutely right. Radstock Town this time will be hosting Wellington Rovers. I'm sure there'll be a big crowd. I hope there's some really good weather for it because it's... um it's, a, it's, it's one of the great fixtures, certainly in my experience, in, in, in one of the great derbies in Western League football. So um, for anybody who hasn't experienced that, then get along to Southfield's Recreation Ground. 1.30 the kick-off, I believe. Uh, and there are some really good timings, actually, on these, these um, kick-offs over the, the Good Friday fixtures. I mean, normally we're used to sort of staggered timings for the Groundhog Day weekend, but we can see... On, um, on Good Friday alone, um, looking in the first division, we've got Sherbourne kicking off against Wincanton at half-eleven. You've got the game I've just mentioned, obviously, um, Radstock against Welton Rovers at half-past one. And Oldland take on Canesham at three o'clock. So there's a bit of value there if you want to try and get around one more, uh, one more ground um, in a day. Um, I- I'm quite regularly doing that. Um, in the First Division anyway on a Saturday. I normally i have been known to take in the first half at Warminster and the second half at Westbury. Um, but um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. You have to be a bit of a purist for that one. Anyway, we can't talk about Good Friday without talking about Easter Bank holiday. Monday and again, another full list of fixtures. Very important, as we know, at this stage of the, uh, of the calendar. And Tom, what's caught your eye on um, Monday the 22nd of April?
1: So for the uh, the Premier Division, I've gone for another on the top sides. Obviously, lots to play out on Friday. So uh, yeah, the league table obviously will have changed uh, by the time these uh, Easter Monday fixtures come around. But I've gone for Cribs against Bitten. Uh, Cribs are a pretty good home side, and Bitten obviously one of those teams. Well, as we know, fighting for the fighting for fighting for promotion, fighting for the title. Uh, currently in third, but that obviously could be could be first, could be yeah, you know, second come come Monday. But a, a huge game. And uh, yeah, plenty, plenty on the line as as we know. And uh, Cribs will not be, um, yeah, will not be,
0: not be an easy fixture for them. I've gone for Will Rovers. They're at home um, to Wellington. I think this is, um, in many respects, I'm sure this would be considered to be a sort of a relatively routine um, game in the Premier Division, but it could have a massive bearing on um, on who ultimately comes out on top. Um, Willand I'm sure will be in a very strong position but that's the funny thing about matches at this time of the season you've got to negotiate your way past um, past these opponents you've got to get yourself through these fixtures taking maximum points so um, um, these are two sides that aren't necessarily a million miles apart so I'm sure that there'll be a very big crowd and lots of local interest um, for that game Um, what about in the first division Tom what takes your eye there?
1: Huge game at the bottom. So I've mentioned Oldland a couple of times uh, and they travel to take on Chippenham Park. Again, mention that obviously these two teams could pick up points uh, on on Good Friday. Uh, but this on paper looks like, wow, well, could be the defining defining fixture if Bristol Telephones uh, continue to, to struggle there. I mean, they themselves on Monday have got a game against Radstock who... You know, could be could be safe by then, so might not be much to, to play for for Radstock. So Telephones could pick up points. Obviously, they're the most desperate team at the moment. Uh, but this game is, yeah, it looks like a, um, a perennial six-pointer. Uh, we've got Chippenham Park really struggling at the moment against Oldland, who, yeah, claimed that brilliant result on the weekend. So uh, two teams um, fighting against uh, relegation. And, uh, yeah, there's plenty on the line on
0: Easter Monday. And for me in the first division, I've gone for Canesham against Ashton and Backwell. You've heard in my interview with John Allen earlier in this episode of the podcast that if Canesham win that game on Friday... And then win this game on Ashton and Backwell, they will have secured the um, the first division title and with it promotion. So um, I think that for that reason, you couldn't ask for a more important fixture. And indeed, you know it would be fair to say Ashton and Backwell will give Caenchem a, a game. One thing we do know about Caenchem is that there'll be a massive crowd there. For that, of course, it's a really important match for their season in terms of the achievements. You know they've come so close so often this uh, in the last few seasons, but um, that game could be an absolute. That could be a, a real crackerjack um, uh, occasion and it um, uh, would be very interesting to see how those um, those fixtures play out over the bank holiday weekend. Now, before we leave you in peace for another week and before Tom and I return to the bar we will have a look at uh, our hot shots. I think next week we've got an awful lot to talk about in terms of the table, um, but um, for this week in particular, we'll have a look at how our leading goal scores are getting on and um, who is hot and who is not.
1: Yeah. Plenty of hot strikers at the moment. Um, in the Premier Division, so league goals... Only uh, we've got Jack Taylor uh, of still in the ways on 28. He's got a couple of couple of players uh, chomping at the bit to, to overtake him over the the, the the final few weeks of the season. Uh, Luke Mortimer obviously a couple of goals uh, on the weekend for him uh, from Willand. He's on 26 uh, league goals. And then we've got a couple of players on 23. We've got Callum Demkiv of Westbury and Ben Bamman, who got another hat-trick uh, for Bitten on the weekend. So he's up to 23 league goals. So both, both of those two having I mean, brilliant seasons uh, and then in the first division it's still the, the cheddar duo uh, far and away at the at the top of the top of the pile um, adam jones currently leads the way uh, he's on 28 and then we've got adam Wright of cheddar as well obviously on 27 uh, callum townsend uh, the Uh, most recent uh, to to move to 20 goals this season uh, of Ashton and Backwell, he's having a brilliant season we've got a pair of players on 18, we've got Toby Cole of Wincanton who scored on the weekend and Sam Gregory of uh, Radstock, he's also on 18 league goals Uh, and then in all competitions it's Ben Bamment of uh, Bitten. He's one short of 40s on 39. Uh, Luke Mortimer, uh, Willens. Luke Mortimer. He's on 37. Uh, Taylor of uh, Bridgewater. A lot of the similar names that we've mentioned. Uh, Taylor Bridgewater on 33. Demkiv of Westbury on 31. Uh, and then Jones and Wright of Cheddar on 30 and 29 respectively.
0: Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much indeed. We of course have been reviewing your excellent bulletin. Where can the listeners find that? That is on the homepage,
1: uh, where you can download it as a, a PDF, uh, and then it's also, uh, sorry, homepage of the the Toolstation uh, Western League website, and then there's also a tab along the top uh, that takes you to the most uh, recent uh, publication, and you can yeah view that on um, yeah in Word and and PDF. You can download that, so uh, yeah, that's all available on the website
0: and have you penned your column for this week's non-league paper mm, yeah looking back on the,
1: uh, the Premier Division and obviously um, looking in particular at the, at the title race obviously all three teams good wins on the weekend uh, so yeah looking back on, on the most recent games so that's uh,
0: in the step five and six section in the non-league paper that's excellent Tom thank you very much for your time Um, We're going to have plenty of football to discuss um, next week, but well, from Tom and myself, before we return to the bar here at the Ram. Well, you have been listening to the Tool Station Western League podcast.